Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 443. It's WWE Extreme Rules 2022, and I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by a woman who's been by my side for the past two years for every WWE and AEW pay-per-view recently celebrating the anniversary. It's a fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How are you doing? Yes, yes. Hello, everyone. Hello, James. How are you? Well, getting by at this moment in time, but it's obviously great to have you. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. so, extreme rules on Saturday. And like it's but we are ready, willing, uh, and able today. I mean, like we said, it's great to have you on. And we introduce um, last, but by no means least, I will say, and I quote Michael Jackson, or if people got a problem with that, Alien Ant Farm, I think we'll be fine. So the question is, I'm going to ask, oh, I hope I've got this in me. Gina, are you okay? Will you tell us that you're okay? There's a sound at the window. He stuck you. A crescendo. Now he came to your apartment, left the bloodstains on the carpet. Gina, then you ran into the bedroom. You were sat down. It was your tomb. Gina, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Gina? Gina, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Gina? You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. Yes, it is. Genius Gina, how's it going? Hello, and yes, I am doing okay. Thank you very much. For anybody was hit by a smooth criminal, it's Ricky Stark. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. like we said, if people, you know, it's great to have both of you on. And after the, uh, like I said, the New Japan show, and I tell you something as well, I've got to say thanks for all the responses for the New Japan show and even the kind of listens, because I do worry sometimes and I think, kind of, what's the crossover, man? But it seems people really enjoyed our stories. And Gina and Jaxie, I hope you don't get offended. They do think you are crazy bitches. Uh, but again... <laughs> that's, that's to be expected. I mean, we though. aim to please. We aim to please. Yeah. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I had more emails of people saying they want to go to events with you. Or people saying, how the fuck am I so lucky that I can? So, again, for those people listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone wants to offer to be the cameraman for the next trip out, then you can join us on that trip. Yeah, you can be the cameraman. You can be the Brandon Cutler to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I need to shut up, Brandon. Please, let's, let's find a Brandon. I need to tell oh, him to shut up. Like, we can't, we can't say that like Monty would be the Adam Cole you know the one yes. that kind of floats and comes in and comes back out you know is uh, so we definitely are on, on the hunt for a Brandon Cutler uh, and I will vet every email that we get uh, but like I said thanks everybody for that and crazily like I said today's Extreme Rules 2022 and I don't want to show my age here but this is the eighth Extreme Rules paper that I've actually reviewed on the podcast uh it's quite weird because the very first episode of the WNR had an extreme rules review so what i was thinking about just to start us off seeing as i put you both through kind of torture uh on the last episode playing your you know first clip um do you guys want to hear a little bit of t- and again if you've ever worried about being bad on this show 
wait till you hear <laughs> this. <laughs> this. This is from the okay, first... I'm Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to play all of it because it is awful. It's not a proper intro. This is just us kind of chatting, you know, to get to know each other. Um, this is Dwayne and Dan with me. It's May 4th, 2015, and it is terrible. Good date, good date. So you watched it, what, from 2001? No. Yeah, till about 2004. Yeah. Till where, like, Donna moved in there. I watched it like that. And, but before and that? Then, before that, yeah, well, fucking, it was years with Albert Warrior. Mm. That was it. Who else? Jack Snake. Hogan. Bushwhackers, whoever they are. Yeah, bushwhack, yeah, bushwhack. Around lifting people's heads. Sergeant Slaughter, look at that. That must be 1991 then. That was it, the, the uh, fucking insane Mountie. Oh, the Mountie, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool, though. Yeah. Like Tatonka. Uh, Superfoot, no, yeah, Superfoot. Typhoon and Thunder. Macho Man. Typhoon and Earthquake. Yeah. Earthquake Repo there, yeah. Man. Yeah. Crush. Doink. Yeah, I think they were either before just slightly after or around IRS. that because they switched from like in, in 91 and 92 when you were watching they had like the big muscly men like Bulldog and yeah, Warrior yeah, Bulldog, but because then the steroid yeah. trial happened and that they yeah, had to they kind of cut their roster and got like yeah. so where I'm watching Raw 93 now you've got like Mr. Perfect Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty Doink Macho Rick Flair you know. was wrestling then as well yeah and Flair's you know woo <laughs> <laughs> At least you know them, you know. You, yeah, unfortunately, you don't know anybody on this. No, Did you know, know anybody them. on no. the Extreme Rules? Any, any of the wrestlers? No. yeah, he is the face. Like, like, I know The Rock, Brian. obviously, because he's got my name. <laughs> Dwayne. Dwayne. I thought you said The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, my, my name is Dwayne The Rock. Oh, That's Dwayne. my surname. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne. Do you want to do the Dwayne Johnson? Yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne. I'm going to leave it there because I hate the sound of my voice and that annoying laugh. I'm glad after 440 episodes that's gone. But, I mean, Jaxie, it sounded shit. <laughs> I mean, you definitely sound like a noob, you know? <laughs> um, it's kind of nice to kind of hear uh, you interacting with other uh, with uh, Dana and, did you say Dwayne? Because uh, yeah. obviously uh, I never got a chance to work with, with either of them, but the, you can tell there's a major difference with the way that you sort of present things now. But again, this is like you from very early on into you podcasting. So it's nice to be able to see uh, the progression. <laughs> that's a lovely thing to say i know i do appreciate it. i'm trying to look on the good side of things i'm trying to, i'm choosing positivity James games. sounds like a basic bitch <laughs> fucking what you sound like a basic bitch but this is this is me getting revenge for playing mine last week <laughs> shots fired shots fired here but well, I was about to say, I was going to pay you a compliment. It's nice to hear noob James. It's nice to hear noob James. Well, I was say, well, the position, I would say who's best, you know, from the best we've had to the worst. I would, I would have put you above Dwayne and Dan. 
Maybe not now, you know? I don't... <laughs> no, I would, I would still vote Twain and Tan better than me at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I take it. No, no, no. no. Coming out of yourself. You're coming out of yourself for sure. Yeah, well, you're better than Jared, you know? <laughs> Jared? Jared was a guy. Dwayne only did Who's it for Jared? like... Jared? Dwayne did it for like three episodes. This is the crazy thing about it. He did like one, two, and three. And then Jared did it up until about... Fucking hell, let me try and think. 150, maybe. Maybe a little bit less. And then it was Dan for the up until you guys come along, which was, what, 350, 330? So you've done, like, 100 episodes oh, now. Around then. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, you, you were just setting yourself up for me to say that. I had to. <laughs> Well, you know, so like I said, we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, but obviously, we'll see what happens now because that was in the past, May 4th, 2015. Like I said, it's a cool date to have as an anniversary. But we're starting with October 8th, 2022, and Extreme Rules. What better way to kick off then with kickoff? And Kayla is unfortunately ill. So we're going to get Kevin Patrick hosting how we got the lead role of raw i i don't know i don't know who he's seeing backstage or whatever relationship he has with triple h but he's joined by sam roberts booker t and jerry lawyer the only thing that happened was a video game clip of white rabbit finding an x and jumping it during pete talking uh then we actually started the show in itself with video package made by paul Heyman, uh featuring tonight or the theme song which was villain by Bella Porsche, which is actually quite a good tune after you heard it for a while. And we got introduced to Michael Cole with Corey it's actually, Grace. Um, yeah, it's really catchy. I just well, thought I'd add in. Yeah, well, fact, well, I'm going to get your thoughts anyway, because like we said, the Paul Heyman intro, the theme in itself is pretty catchy. And your new commentary team, Corey Grace and Cole, what do you think of that? I mean... <laughs> I kind of I, I I can't believe I'm saying this. If you go back to when Pat McAfee first started, I actually was really against him joining, and now I'm I'm finding I'm missing him a lot. Mm. Um, I just miss his energy that he brought on the commentary. You know, um, not I'm not trying to badmouth both Corey and Col- uh, Michael Cole. Uh, they are veterans of this. They've been doing it a lot longer than Pat McAfee, but um, he surprisingly really kind of. Uh, turned me into sort of like a, a fan of his uh, through his, it, you know, it, energy that he brings to the commentary. It ends up making the matches more exciting, listening to how he gets excited. So he definitely was missed. Um, yeah, I thought that I thought the narrative package by Paul Heyman was just done excellently. Um, I love the wise man. I could hear him. I could listen to him talk all day. <laughs> he's so funny to listen to. Um, and yeah, I really liked that song by Bella. Uh, is it Porsche or? Po- yeah. po- well, I don't know if it's Paul. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pronouncing it that, but I've never pronounced the name right first time round. It's a song that's definitely on my liked songs list right now. I I can't get enough of it. I think it's quite catchy and it's just got a good beat. So, and I felt like you know the the title name of it being villain was actually quite a nice sort of like uh, song to really parody with 
extreme roars going to the extreme, you know. Mm. So, yeah, it was, it was just really nice to hear, um, like, something that's quite fresh. Uh, is um, from an artist that's not very well known over here in the UK, I would say, um, because I certainly had not heard of this artist before. But I will be checking her stuff out. Yeah, about that. And I found what was interesting as well, I don't know what you think about this, Gina, is that I didn't know Triple H was such a big Paul Heyman fan. But since like, Vince has gone away, Heyman's been everywhere. Like, heat wave names come back from ECW. He's been narrating everything and showing it. It's like, really? Triple H is a Paul Heyman guy? I never had that. I mean, I never really cottoned on. I just figured that Paul Heyman was on the show when it suited his schedule, you know, because I assumed he has other endeavours going on in life. So, um I, I didn't really think of that until you just mentioned it, if I'm truly honest. But it is nice to have the wise man back. He does bring a lot of entertainment. I I didn't really realise that I'd be able to like him, aside from being linked to Brock Lesnar. So the the more he's been with men and become this wise man, I now sort of have an individual respect for Paul Heyman, you know? Um, so even just seeing him on his own and not with Roman or Brock. I'm entertained and I'm enjoying it so far. So I'm glad that he's getting used more and put on, on screens more because he brings that entertainment for us. Yeah, and get these props, you know. It's nice that you talk about the extreme comes from ECW back in the day and being in Philadelphia as well uh, makes the most of it. And we're going to make the most of it because we've got various bar-related props around the ring as we start a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match between Imperium and Brawling Brutes. And Corey Graves did explain what a Donnybrook was going back thousands of years to Ireland, of course, so it's well known to everybody um, but we did get another White Rabbit teaser as Seamus was making his way down. This time the rabbit actually jumped in the hole and we saw an explosion, but I'm sure it will mean nothing. Uh, referee called for the bell. All six paired up and began to fight. Seamus the Gumpher. Uh, Butch focused on Giovanni Vinci and Ridge Holland attacked Ludwig Kaiser. Of course, we saw barrels, a small bar set up and several other things you would find in a typical British or European pub. Excuse me. <clears throat> All it, I just had a beer, beer and a fag. That's what I sound like that for. Uh, all of it came to play along with several other things to the ringside. This match was chaotic in the best possible way. Everyone was working uh, their asses off and put one hell of match. Uh, it's so good to see uh, this in so many moments. Can't really do it justice. We did see the Brawler Brutes able to vanquish Imperium for the win low. Uh, Gina, what an opening match this was. Definitely. This match really set the tone for Extreme Rules and it, it set a bar. You know, I expected every other match to kind of be on the same calibre as that first one. Um, I may be biased because I'm loving the boring brutes at the moment. Uh, but honestly, that match went so hard and it's kind of like... If I was due to follow up that match, I'd be cussing all of them out when they came in backstage and be like, come on, guys, how am I going to follow that up? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I definitely enjoyed the match. Like you said, there were so many, so many different interactions. It's hard to, like, pick any of them out. But, again, anytime Seamus versus Gunther was there, I was just, I, I was loving it. So I hope everybody else enjoyed it, too. Well, I've got to say, uh, I've been calling Gunther Walter for a long while, but he did an interview recently where he says he wants to be known on that side. Will, even though I think it's a bit silly name, he's making it work. But like I said, so many moments where Seamus was... Yeah, he prefers Gunther. 
Yeah, well, right down. You know, I'm not going to argue. I don't want to be chopped. <laughs> but, like, Seamus being kind of, you know, isolated from the group. We saw a bit of Pete Dunne getting beaten up as well. And even when all, you know, six men are in the ring, Seamus and Gunther, you know, head to head as they kind of rise and all fight. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be silly. And Jaxie, please tell me if I'm wrong. But I've not seen this hatred between, like, two three-man teams. And I'm going to say it, everybody, mm. since the Wyatts and the Shield, like, honestly, I can't think of... I mean, no, we've got, like, Usos and New Day, but this is just a different yeah. level. I mean, it's funny you say that because um, I'm pretty sure Gina and I were watching Extreme Rules and, and also discussing with one another as it, as it was happening. And... I swear, I actually said, like, why is this sort of giving me, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. vibes when they were uh, feuding uh, with the Wyatt family? So we actually spoke about that as well in reference. So that's really funny that you said that. This match was so good. It it was just, like, chaos. Someone just hit the chaos button and went, go. And they just went and did their thing. Um, Just to kind of reiterate again, all of this tension between Seamus and Gunther, I love that they're continuing it on. This is um, a group feud that I will happily have them like sort of revisit every year and stuff like that, you know, where they're just never going to get along. Um, Both teams work so well together. So it just all was tying up so well and getting the crowd lit, not just there, but, you know, from my couch as well. we, I was just so lit right from the very get-go when the, the bell rung. I think there was one standout moment for me when I can't remember who it was, whether or not it was Gunther or one of the other two that was just on the top rope, uh, well, just on the ring. And obviously you've got Seamus doing his hits from behind, but then you you had uh, Butch and Ridge Holland on either side doing yeah. the kicks. Yeah. I, oh, that was such a beautiful moment. Like I couldn't help but just be like, I need to grab myself another beer already. You know, <laughs> That's a good match. Uh, really kind of like uh, Gina said as well, just set the tone for the night. Well, that, well, the thing is, my network played up trying to watch it. I didn't watch it live. No. I trying to watch it on demand. So it just kept, and I was going, no. So I tried it two or three times. So I ended up watching kind of like, you know, the whole match maybe four times in different ways. But when it went all the <laughs> way through, it was so good. I still sat and enjoyed it. i tell you what it reminded me of. Yeah. You said this, Jackson, I think, before we actually started recording. The fact that, like, Trach is bringing the best things for AEW. And, again, this felt yeah. like a crazy... It could have been a classic technical match if they wanted to, but it felt like an AEW mm. six-man. The only thing missing was Sting jumping off something, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, either that or outside interference getting involved for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But like I said, I thought it was really, really interesting. Uh, Gina, what would you score that out of five? I'm going to give it a five. Again, call me biased, but it was such a great match and I really enjoyed it, so I'm giving it a full five. Jackson, what about you? Same, I'm giving it a five. It really set the tone and it was just exciting from beginning to end. I'm going to give it four and three quarters because Seamus blocked me on Twitter for no reason. Blocked us as a group. The WNR. Seamus, if you're listening, please, how did I hurt you? Let me know. Uh, but like... What happened? <laughs> Love you. Yeah, well. But as I said, banger after banger after banger. Follow that, anybody. 
poll wise, the Brutes with 61%. And the predictions, well, the prediction leagues are now, this is my probably favourite time of year coming up now with the end of the prediction leagues. We start with a bonus league in Gina Jackson on 6, Monty on 7, I am on 11. The AW Prediction League, Monty, Gina on 1, Jaxie 2, I'm on 3. And the W Pay Per View. Uh, Gina and myself on four, Jaxie on five, Monty on six. So, I, Gina, you and I need this win tonight. And um, we start strong going all brutes. Talk all of any of them. <laughs> How, like, that is just appalling. Okay, watch me pull this out the bag. I'm, I'm, always, I'm second behind, like, every single one. I'm definitely going to come out of this on top. Maybe not the bonus one, though. No, what's surprising me? Well, well, I tell you what about the bonus one. Let me just go into detail. The bonus one is brilliant because even with two points for a league win, but all the points get put together anyway. So at the end of the year, with the year end predictions, there's like forty points on the line. So even if you are oh shit, and so, <laughs> so you basically have got such an advantage with that eleven points no. in the bonus. Oh, James, you set this up for yourself, you sneaky I'm bastard. Saying, if you get your UN predictions right, then it doesn't. the points you'll get on that will catch up in no time. Yeah, well, watch me do that because I'm, there's no way I'm letting you win. <laughs> well, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> nice, friendly. I can't, I can't, you saying you're not going to let me win. No, I'm competitive for that. I, <laughs> you've known me by now for two years. Come on. I'm uh, getting called a simple bitch by Gene. This is good times. This is this is what we want. It was basic bitch, not oh, simple base, bitch. Sorry. So basically, I'm getting called it again just just, just because I well, forgot it's, about. It's one notch up. So you know, first of all, you're a simple bitch, and then you're a basic bitch. So at least you're not the bottom of the chain. Hang on. If you, you're second from the bottom. I might get you to say that. I'll, I'll, I'll save it and have it as my like message tone. <laughs> just, you know, just basic bitch. And just, oh, hello. hello. Who's that? So wait, I'll do a recording on your phone for you next time I see you. And then you can put that as a, as your ringtone. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> just <laughs> having that as your contact name. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to change the WhatsApp group. Good That's... idea, sis. Good idea. <laughs> what have we started? We're going to get a T-shirt made. That's is that what's going to happen? Of um, eventually the WWE. Oh, yeah. oh my god! You planted the idea. Now, so up... don't get mad when I do it. <laughs> well, we should I... all come up with nicknames and then get them printed on the back of the WNR T-shirts, and James's should read. Fucking <laughs> 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 read that. It's really <laughs> leader, you know, <laughs> or, you know. Well, in brackets, in brackets, leader. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. just put in brackets the wise man, the wise man. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, right. the wise man. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We're digressing yeah, majorly. Exactly. We, we literally people are listening for the extreme rules, uh, and we're we talking apologize. about us, but it's fine because it's only the Miz walking backstage talking to gritty. <laughs> Of course, the mascot for the NHA Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Gritty's going to give him a T-shirt. And Miz said, there's no way he's going to do that. And stomps off. That's going to pay off later, don't worry. We then get a video package for tonight's match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Rules. Ronda Rousey versus Liv 
Morgan. Went Liv Morgan, 98-day reign. She looked fired up in a match, carrying a bat with her to the ring. Uh, Rousey, though, prevented from using the weapon right away, so Morgan was immediately on defence without it. After finally getting around to the bat, the champion began to turn the tide in the favour, using things like the bat, and a fire extinguisher allowed her to even the odds, but Rousey ended up nailing her in the ribs with a bat to completely stall her momentum. And as I said, the baseball shots from Ronda were very uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> like, I'm not... Was that the biggest I mean, Liv Morgan pretty, fan? Pretty <laughs> yeah, they were pretty brutal. Um, I was like, "Damn, Rhonda, you got something to say?" <laughs> so, I don't know what the problem was there, but the table set up uh, with Liv putting Rhonda through it, but getting caught in the submission, and Rousey was able to make the champion pass out with Liv smirking uh, and to win the and your new SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhonda Rousey. Uh, but like we said, Jaxie, it was tough act to follow. But I think a great effort from both. Oh, definitely. Um, I I enjoyed the match, but it's I, I'm I, I'm I try, I'm trying to say this without it coming across like I'm um, like an insult to live. But I kind of already knew this outcome was going to happen. Um, you know, you can challenge the baddest woman on the planet who's nicknamed the baddest woman on the planet with just her fists to an extreme rules match and not think that that's going to be majorly extreme. So the the sort of hits that Liv was taking were, were kind of to be expected coming from someone like Ronda. Um, I think she did extremely well to, tr- to, you know, the, the attempted counters that she did, she came up with, you know, just even uh, some of, Liv's own offense. There were certain moves where I was like, okay, fair enough, fair play. Um, I think this is definitely out of both of the women's comfort zone in terms of, you know, just kind of being a little bit more daring with the type of moves that they were they were doing. But they they both worked well with each other. So I want to give both women props for the match that they had. Uh major props to Liv for lasting the, as long as she did, if I'm truly honest. Um but yeah, I saw this coming. Some of us didn't pick Ronda Rousey. So I know you're saying how easy it was. You know, you have to be an idiot not to wear out. I mean, come on. But the fans weren't fully behind Liv. And I think part of the reason might have been, like I said, with Ronda just being so tough. Uh, Gina, did you like the finish with Liv smirking as she passed out? Because I know some people hated it. But I didn't mind it because she's like, I've proved my toughness to Ronda. Yeah, I think like Liv was smiling because she was probably proud that she still gave Ronda as as hard a match as she could give, you know. And um, I I I feel like I I wasn't bothered by the smile at the end. At first, I thought, "What's this weirdo smiling for? <laughs> she just lost. So what's she smiling for?" But then I do think that it's gonna um play on into like future storylines for Liv. I feel like Liv is going to make another turning point here change her character up again a little bit to come across again as more formidable when she does return from from this match you know Mm. um so i did enjoy it i did expect the outcome to come so it would it would have been nice to go into this match and be like oh has liv got this has she got it but i went into this match going liv has not got this she has not got this at all some of us didn't (laughs) fucking know right (laughs) (laughs) also just to say um like I think 
what I took from the Liv's smile was the like, I mean, this could be really basic here uh, uh, in terms of my reasoning, but she was dressed as the Joker. <laughs> like maybe she was just in character, you know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the point. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe like that. Um, <laughs> what would you score out, uh, out of five, Jaxie? Um, it's a tough one. I, I'm going to give it a, a three and three quarters. I think it was a, a, a good match. Uh, I think that there was definitely like highlights for both women throughout the match, but the outcome was obvious. Sorry, wow. James. It was. Yeah. It was. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had my microphone. Wait, I think. You, you tell us if it was obvious or not, because you're about to tell us anyway, like, you know, um, what the vote count was on Twitter as well, as to who thought uh, Ronda was going to win. So you tell us how obvious it was. I will in a minute, but Gina first, what would you score out of five? Three and a half. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it, have that. It's, it's <laughs> that. It wasn't a good match, but as my sister said, the outcome was pretty obvious. And aside from Liv's creepy smile at the end, there's nothing, it sounds really bitchy when I say this, but there's nothing sort of memorable for me that stands out about the match. So that's why I've given it three and a half. The only memorable thing is Liv's creepy ass smile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, to be fair, I gave it 3.95 as well. Not too bad. A for effort though, guys. Uh, Poll wise then. So we asked everybody, Ronda Rousey got 71% of the vote, which again is not too much. 71% 71% is not too much, no? It's over 50%, James. Yeah. It's over 50%. It's on YouTube. I don't like, I don't like how you guys get so comfortable with me right now, all right? This is not... Come on, wise man. You'll be fine. You're choosing to be in denial and we're just helping you to clear your memories and, and show you the obviousness. People listening, this is what they're like. All right. This is... I'm just saying, no. But uh, predictions, we'll say Monty and I. See, not just me. Monty's made the mistake of going with Liv. Don't hear you having a go at him. Uh, Gina and Jack. Well, I'm sorry. He's not Monty did it to make you feel better. Monty did it to make you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. So I don't... Well, if he did, thanks, Monty. I appreciate it. Uh, yes, G- if you guys couldn't work out, yes, Gina and Jaxie did go Ronda. So they go. The girls are beating the boys two-one at this moment in time. Uh, and then the strap match up next: Drew McIntyre versus Carrion Cross. Cross did not want to allow the strap to be tied to a wrist. He attacked the Scottish Warrior with Fuller Bell, and they fought for several minutes while the referee looked on for the ring doing nothing uh this was quite a fight but again it felt like something was keeping it from reaching the level they were hoping for it was good but not great uh what could be said is both men put forth efforts scarlet pepper sprayed mcintyre which allowed cross to nail him from behind and get the pin uh weirdly enough though as well talk about strap match first strap match since 2013 uh but gina what did you think of this Um, I actually, I did enjoy it all the way up until the end. I'm not going to lie. 
<laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great match. I think Carrion came across really, really strong. Um, I know, I'm sorry, James. I know you love Drew. <laughs> so um, I know it's probably hard for you to hear, but I still think that Drew made Carrion look great. You know, he Carrion just basically dominated the whole match. And I wasn't really expecting that. I was expecting it to be a bit more of a back and forth. But in in my eyes, I think Carrion just basically dominated. And um, the ending ruined it for me. I'm not going to lie. I don't I don't like the fact that I don't like um, disqualifications or or that sort of like in um, interference. Yeah, sorry, yeah. interference. That's what I meant. <laughs> I don't like interference that much with like you know partners. It's different when it comes to like Roman Reigns because he's got like all of the guys behind him, but. Yeah, it's right when someone you like. When yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying when Drew doesn't have, you know, a female in his corner to kind yeah. of like make sure that Scarlett doesn't get her hands in, involved. I didn't like it because I just didn't want Carrion to come across as weak that he couldn't finish the job because he had dominated this whole match. So ideally, in my eyes, he should have just got a clean pin. But um, yeah, so it just ruined it a little bit for me. But I wouldn't exactly say it was an awful match. It was really good. And I enjoyed seeing them both. Yeah, well, the thing is, like you said, Drew's on a losing streak now. And, and the thing is, is people get bored of losers. If, they, if they're not going to win, I know it's horrible to say, but this is why Dolph Ziggler's not a main event talent, you know, or whoever it may be putting that line where you know you're not the guy. And now it's too big. I mean, the the clash loss was, was ginormous. You know, probably one of the biggest losses Drew's ever had in his career. But again... As you said as well, Gina, as a building block to help Cross get over, doesn't doesn't fill me with joy with Drew. And, and I don't know about you, you Jaxi, but Drew needs a fucking manager. As we mentioned, get Free MB, get Ziggler, get Wade, get the Brutes. Yeah. Just just get fucking someone. Because yeah. you look like a. And I love Drew. You guys know this, but I'm treating him like the Miz because yeah. he's a fucking idiot if he thinks. That he's going to walk there with like the bloodline and Scarlet at ringside. You don't think it's going to happen, like you just and it looks like yeah. an idiot. Thing is, we we know that the whole sort of domineering sort of factor of Karrion Cross and Scarlet from NXT worked really well, and I'm not saying that that doesn't work on the main roster, but by doing this type of ending, like my sister said. Um, it's it's not a good look because it kind of is it, it came across more from um, my point of view that Karrion Cross needed his missus to come in and save the day mm. Mm. just to pick up the pin and that's not that's not the truth you know um I'll go into Drew talk in a second but with what little I did get to see of Karrion Cross on the NXT roster even when he had Scarlett there as well there was still such a, a um, there was like a, a certain fear that like sort of exalted from his character and from the dominance that he had. Do you know what I mean? You were reading what? each other's mind. I, I literally have as one of my notes, like cross for me, it's like never strong worker, but different to NXT to his now. I don't know what it is, but it's just yeah. not in a good way. Like exactly. Yeah. You know? And I think it's the. I think it's like probably the promotions at the up until this point haven't been, uh, you know, sort of like portrayed in in, in a way 
for us to really start to think he could be uh, considered like really dangerous and a threat. And he comes out and he has the beginnings, the beginnings of a great match, but then it's kind of just like how Scarlett got involved at the beginning, you know, uh, before the strap came on. Um, and then how she got involved after it is like, okay, so Carrion can't do anything by himself. That's how you're portraying him. So that that was a little disappointing from my point of view. When we're talking about Drew, they're definitely putting him on some sort of losing streak. As you rightly said, James, like no one likes a loser for too long. Um, unless you're a novelty loser. Like, mm. for example, Heath, Heath Slater. Yep. Heath? Yeah. You know, like it, it, it kind of became like a, a, a sort of funny, funny factor that he was just always losing in the most like ridiculous of ways. Um, even that other guy. Um, oh, gosh, what was his name? I swear he was like always shouting like 10, 10. Well, Ty Dillinger. No, 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 not, not him, not him. Because that's <laughs> um, No, but even like, you talk about jobbers, like even Barry Horowitz, you know, like I said, in the early yeah, 90s, yeah, were, like a kind of level guy. Like, yeah, that's what you expect from those type of wrestlers, you know? So, like, I mean, if there's got to be a purpose if you're having Drew continuously lose like this because, first of all, he gets lo- he loses by, uh, you know, having someone like Soto Sokoa come up and take him out, you know? Next thing, he's losing because Scarlett's caused a distraction. It's like, how many times is Drew going to kind of be able to play the whole... Uh, blame it on everyone else as to why I keep losing. Do well, you know the, what I mean? And I is... just want him to be portrayed that way, but pretty soon people are going to get fed up and bored. Well, this is the thing. And if it's a stipulation pay-per-view and you can pick any stipulation, don't pick a strap match. Pick a no outside fucking interference match. You know, yeah. how... you know what? <laughs> like, I think, uh, you know, it, it's just a shame because right now Drew is... Uh, was on a, a major high, you know, like especially after he, he, even though he won the the title before um during uh, sort of lockdown, he really didn't have like a decent reign because, you know, no one could actually be there in person to to sort of watch him and it was all done through the monitors. And then, you know, you think to yourself, oh, okay, so after he lost the title, maybe he he's just going to get dip again. He didn't know. He was still popular even going back to Clash of the Castle like he had so much popularity, so much hype, but it feels like that hype is already starting to die down for for him. Mm. So by by having this type of match resulted in Scarlet interference, it's done nothing to help him even more. You know, yeah, that's an awful finish can hurt both mm. opponents, and I think it has done uh, here. Yeah. Gina, what would you score that out of five? I mean, I'll give it. I'll give it a four because I still enjoyed the match. I just didn't like the ending. I just felt like it could have been kept between Drew and Carrion. The ending, so I'll give it a four. I'm, I'm still being nice here. <laughs> it's nice to be nice to the schools. You know, it could be nice to me, but it don't matter. Uh, Jackson, oh, what about you? <laughs> oh, James, James, you know I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm I'm not as nice as my sister. I this is probably my most disappointing match of the night, unfortunately. So I am gonna give it a three. Well I thought you were gonna say I think you're a cunt. <laughs> 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 
If I thought that, James, I wouldn't still be doing this podcast. Yes, that's that's, that's an excellent point. Thank you very much. That's probably the best compliment I've had in a while. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad I could deliver it. But yeah, I'm giving it a three. You're going to give it three. I'm going to give it three and three quarters out of five. Again, it wasn't a bad match. You know, it's just. No, it wasn't. But I felt like, yeah, again, the like the beginning and end interference by Scarlett was unneeded. Yeah. So we we don't we don't need that. Poll wise, cross seventy seven percent, which is more than Ronda, uh, and it just shows you how strong an option that was. Predictions. Well, again, bit of a surprise. Monty went for Drew. Rest of us went cross, and I do think it's the first time since Drew's come back. Apart from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, that I have actually gone against him. So let's hope that works out. Otherwise, it would be pointless. But at this moment in time, Gina and Jackson in the lead for three. I'm on two. Monty on one. And we go to the ladder match for the Raw Women's Championship. Bailey versus Bianca Belair. Uh, Gina, were you surprised this was here and not in the main event? Yeah, it was a little bit, just because it still felt like, you know, we were coming off the Ronda Liv match. So I kind of felt that the Bianca match would probably be the main event or at least the one before the main event or something. So um, it was a little bit shocking, but I also wasn't mad at it because I was excited to see my girl. Oh, without doubt, like we said, and we knew this was going to be a good one. The Dakota Kai and EO Sky did not stay at ringside, but their presence loomed throughout. It didn't take long for both women to begin utilising the ladders that were placed around the ring, kind of all the typical ways other than climbing. So there's several memorable spots that saw both competitors take a lot of pain. Uh, but predictably, Sky and Kai interfered and tried to stop Belair from reaching the belt. But the EST of WWE hit both women with a KOD at the same time in might be an awkward setup, but an impressive display where the payoff was worth it. The match got better as it went. So the crowd was on its by the time Bianca hit a KOD on Bailey, which looked like she busted her mouth on a ladder. Blair then climbed the ladder and took down the belt to claim a surprise victory, I think would be fair to say. But incredible match. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this? I really enjoyed this match. Again, um, just to reiterate what I said from uh, last week in the predictions, um, this is a point I'm happy to lose because I was really hoping that Bianca would retain. This match, like both women just really went all out with the sort of ladder match theme. Um, There were some really, really great spots, especially um, some spots on the outside as well uh, to do with the, the ladder. The women just... They know how to get very creative, even with the ladder. So it was just very refreshing to see. Um, shout out and kudos to Bianca for that double KOD. That was really impressive. Um, and just such a, a sort of like adrenaline filled moment. You just heard everyone in the crowd just sort of all screaming and shouting and watching her just lift these two girls and KO, uh, KOD them. Um, yeah, this this whole match... I was very surprised uh, to see Bianca win, but in a good way. And I'm really, really glad to have lost the point. Well, this is the thing. And and watching this match as well, and this is different to the kind of Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey. Yes, I know they had to follow the Brutes match. But Bailey Mm. Belair adding to their legacy here. Because if you look at this match, when the crowd was at the start, and like you said, there's something about Bianca 
And uh, Bailey, yeah. obviously, but Bianca Belair has got this ability to get the crowd to emotionally invest in her. Uh, and and mm-hmm. it pays off. And we've seen time after time. This this woman's title reign has been one of the best, uh, you know, and the journey to it as well, yeah. you know, has been one exactly. of the best in, 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 I can't think of how long, you know. Uh, yeah. And as you said as well, the ladder looks so fucking unforgiving. It's like, you can't yeah. fake that. <laughs> exactly. You really can't fake the type of moves that they perform with those ladders in that match. It's, it was just very impressive from both women's point of view with how much creativity they that they did with the with the ladders you know um they really didn't sort of hold back or anything like that um and i'm really kind of i'm proud of both women with how much effort they put into it but i'm extremely pleased with the outcome i was not ready to kind of not see bianca uh as the champion right now yeah well belair either into her arm or sold the shit out of it did really really well bailey paid tribute to sarah lee which is really nice but the one thing i was thinking yeah. gina during this as well was see Drew Blair can handle the whole stable so why can't you you know how cool did Blair look to take out the entire damage control I mean exactly your point is like just up there James like how is Bianca able to get rid of two outside interferences and still come out on top and Drew couldn't even handle (laughs) I I can't remember her name Scarlett thank you Scarlett (laughs) It's just, again, I know he's not going to turn around and punch Scarlett in the face, but we've seen male and female wrestlers have matches. Mia Yim, <laughs> she literally always fights males, you know? So I'm sorry, but if I was Drew, I would have backhanded Scarlett. Get the fuck out of my ring. <laughs> so it's just, um, just, grab her by, just grab her by the hair and pull her out of the way. That's all you have to do. You want to see that? Make me manager of Drew. <laughs> 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 I'm sure you could um, do the job quite well. Exactly. I, I definitely will put all my money behind James. Yeah, yeah bitch is going down. Uh, but again, it was a good, it was a good match. <laughs> um, Jaxie, what were you score out of five? Um... So, yeah, I'd probably give this one like a, a this match at like a four and a half. I really enjoyed it, and I felt like both women put so much effort into it. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? Um, I gave it a four and a half. Definitely was a great match. Um, I, the only reason I've given it a four and a half but on five is because I didn't really win <laughs> that one. But to be fair, it's one that I'm I'm glad to take the loss on. Because I didn't want Bianca to lose, if I'm truly honest. But I still love Bailey, so yeah, I'm still conflicted between the two. But I'm I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Yeah, well, it did ruin both your perfect score and a bonus point. So that that did make me. I mean, I can't really laugh. But Gee, thanks, <laughs> thanks for rubbing that in, James. Thanks. I'll remember that. Yeah, but like I said, you both were on fire during this show, and it's kind of when you look back, you go, hang on a minute, no, we yeah, all went. True. And it's weird that the one the one event I took chances on didn't take chance on this match. It's but then again, it happens, yeah. I suppose. Um poll wise, Bailey fifty four percent. So that's how close it actually was. But predictions we all went mm. Bailey. So it means it stays the same. Jackson Gene on three, I'm on two, Monty on one. Uh, not for long, Monty because we're gonna get a video package for the next match, which is an I quit match edge. 
versus Finn Balor. Um, Balor was out alone for his match. Nobody from Judgment Day was with him at that point. And he had a new mask, which is, I don't know. I don't know what you think, Jaxie. I thought it was a bit kinky. You know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, that that was the first thing that sort of came to my mind. But I also wasn't mad at it. I think it suits uh, Finn. Uh, yeah, I definitely thought it was like, you know, like a kinky one. And I was like, are those actual diamonds? And I can't really tell from from this far down the lens um but i think it worked on him so i i don't know if this was just sort of like a a premium live event costume and whether or not he's kind of going to be doing that on the regular but it was different uh twitter definitely had fun fun with uh with that though <laughs> yeah but without a doubt it's one of finn Balor's biggest matches that he's had in a very long time and edge was certainly aggressive in this one for the but the first several minutes did belong to the Irishman. Uh, the Radar Superstar, slight advantage of experience, began to work in his favour. And obviously, Judgment Day showed up to help out at one point. But Edge managed to take him down at ringside uh, with his spear for the apron as well, which has looked really, really cool. Ray Ripley handcuffed Edge to the top rope, who was setting up for his spear. Ray Mysterio showed up and fought with his son. Phoenix helped save her husband for a kendo stick attack. Eventually, the numbers game was too much for Edge to overcome. He refused to quit, though, until they began threatening to injure the Glamazon with a pair of chairs. As Ripley's winds up for the swing, Edge said, I quit to save her and give Balor the win. And while Edge was still being held back, Ripley hit the Glamazon with the chair anyway. Just as they walked away in victory, as Edge tried to hype his wife with some officials. Um, Gina, before I ask you about this match, Jaxie, you were bang on the money with this. I doff my cap with prediction. Honestly, that actually came to me whilst we were all, uh, like discussing the match on the predictions uh, one. So that wasn't even something that I actually thought was going to be the outcome, the actual outcome uh, going into the predictions, so for for something that I just kind of thought up about whilst we were discussing, actually coming true, I've got to say, I yeah. think it's my sixth sense. It's, it's my sixth sense. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever's happening is working. It's moments. It's scary, but it, as soon as I saw Beth, I thought, "Fuck's sake!" I thought, "Fuck me!" <laughs> I, I was like, "Beth, yes, I'm winning." <laughs> no, but Edge did hit three spears. At the three spear point, did you think, "Oh, hang on a second, here. he might have it won"? But or did you always I mean, think, "No, no, no"? I definitely felt like at certain points, like Edge could have had. Um, the advantage of actually winning um but the minute i saw beth i was like yep i i called it i called it <laughs> i knew that was gonna happen yeah without doubt like i said bang on the money there uh gina what did you think about the match though because i again people might have a go at me about this but i found it a little bit boring at times i mean it was <laughs> It sounds, again, people are going to be mad at me probably for saying this. It felt like a, a, a match being held on Raw. Um, again, I think it doesn't help with the outside interference because we get that all the time on Raw anyway. Whenever one of the Judgment Day has a match, you know, all of them are out there getting themselves involved. And although that's not shocking or surprising, seeing as they're a part of a faction, it's just like, oh, we've kind of been here and done this. 
it just feels a little bit repetitive. And that's why I say it felt a little bit like a raw match rather than mm. a premium live event match. Um, I knew my sister was going to be right about Beth Phoenix. <laughs> so I wasn't surprised as soon as she came out and I had her screaming in my ear. I, told I was like, you actually told James. Yeah. I agreed with you that that was going to happen. So anyway, the match, the match was okay, but it, yeah, it just felt like a, like a weekly show match rather than a pay-per-view one. Um, and the ending, the ending did break my heart a little bit just because I love Beth Phoenix. She's such a glamazon. Yeah, but let's just say, Finn's biggest win in ages and Judgment Day actually looked like great hills going through with that horrible moment and actually gained some kind of heat, yeah. which was desperately needed. Yeah, I mean, and Finn just, did need the win. definitely needed the win. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. With you. And Michael Cole was excellent on commentary during this, especially with Ray getting beat up by Dobby. He's like, my God! Turn into proper JR. That you son of a bitch. Uh, was just brilliant. <laughs> I think my brain has automatically <laughs> muted Michael Cole because, to be honest, I really cannot remember hearing him at all. I can remember hearing Corey, but I think my brain has automatically just put Cole on mute. <laughs> Uh, Cole was doing his best pat in this one, I tell you that. Uh, and the moment I didn't think I wanted but got and actually got goosebumps was the moment Beth Phoenix was in the ring and the looks at Ripley and the face-off between the two. And I was like, I want this at WrestleMania. And I didn't think oh I needed Oh, my God, it. yeah. <laughs> I got so excited all of a sudden. I was like... I, I, I did not even think that this was a match that I wanted, but now it's turned to a match that I need. Mm, yeah. And yes, put it on the big stage, put it on uh, WrestleMania. I would not be mad at that. I think it would be absolutely brilliant. I mean, when you compare, like, I mean, I think early on in the year for the Rumble, it was Phoenix and Edge versus Miz and Maurice. And now we're going to have Finn and Ripley. That's going to have so much of a heat. And again, the finish was shocking to see. We now had Dangerous to Concerto can be so beth taking that and the camera angle i think really really helped there but uh i think yeah the... beth sold that beth sold that amazingly give her a fucking oscar yeah without a shadow of a doubt uh gina what would you score that out of five um <laughs> um I'm, I'm gonna go three and a half <laughs> Um, like I said, yeah, like I said, it just felt like a raw match. I did enjoy it, especially more towards the end because I'm itching for that, you know, mixed tag match with um, Beth and Edge against Rhea and probably Finn. Um, but either way, I'm just still going to give it a three and a half because it felt like a raw match rather than a premium live event one. Yeah. And Jaxie, what about you? I gave it a three and three quarters. Uh predominantly because I was right and I called it with Beth, <laughs> Beth coming out. So I was just kind of reeling from that. But also, even though it wasn't like the most exciting of matches, um, I am still intrigued to see the fallout from this match. Mm. So, well, yeah. it, I, I think that's the thing. I, I give it a four and I think the guys, like I said, the match is like half hour. It looks like a Triple H main event. It was like, fuck me. But again, you look at the result leading out has, has raised more quick. We want to, I actually want to see Dom versus Ray now, you know, and because of how good Dom's works as heel. And like we talk about with, with we Ripley. We definitely need that soon. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, and and Ripley and uh, Balor now Balor getting a big win and Edge return, all that stuff. So it's like you said, it's actually made me more excited for what's to come. And of course, we'll talk yeah. about Raw as well um, just before we go. So that's a four for me there. But good stuff. And the finish again, perfect. Even if you did call it, Balor uh, <laughs> got fifty. 2% of the votes again close predictions well we all went ballot well apart from this dickhead here because obviously why uh, so it means that Monty joins me on 2 and Gina and Jackson move to 4 and the Miz is backstage with Gritty again and uh, Gritty hands him the t-shirt this time Miz snaps and beats the ever loving shit out of Gritty knocking him to the floor he says this is not a joke and Dexter Loomis suddenly appears behind The Miz and does what he does best and put The Miz to sleep. Gritty gets up and kicks Miz in the stomach and then walks off with Loomis. Uh, again, it's Gina. It's not Dexter Loomis. It's a character that's worked, I think, and has got reaction, even if he hasn't actually been debut yet. I mean, yeah, the crowd are, are, are behind this, but when is it going to start becoming a bit boring you know we've seen him you know catch up to the Miz a few times now and knock him out and then he walks off so it's kind of like okay well you're not going to murder him because you keep walking off and leaving him alive to wake up the next day so what is your point on it's not coming across like it did in NXT when he was doing it with Roderick Strong and it was seriously menting with messing with his mental health you know like he had to go and <laughs> see a therapist because he was just seeing Dexter Loomis everywhere and I don't want them to repeat that storyline because we've already had that in NXT but I also don't really understand where they're going to go with Dexter following from this and I hope it does work out and I hope it, it makes Dexter look great because I actually do like him and I think it I think it will work if they could just get a good storyline going with him but at this moment in time I'm kind of like Okay, next. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I, I think you know what? I think it, I think it's mainly because there, there's not really much motivation behind why Dexter has chosen the Miz to sc- yeah. to stalk, and he's not really given us one. I remember, even though I'm kind of relieved that the storyline got cut short. Um, in NXT, when he was kind of doing the same sort of stalker vibe with uh, Velveteen Dream. That was that was funny because you know he had left him sort of like a, a hand drawn picture, almost like looking like a five year old did it, of like uh, Dexter Loomis's idea of them being a tag team and stuff. So there there was like content and there was a reason, you know. Right now, there's no motivation as or motive that we know of as the audience as to why Dexter Loomis is stalking the Miz and why the Miz of all people, unless. And again, I've just had a thought now. Like he might say, "Oh, Maurice was rude to Indy Hartwell, so he's getting the mid." But then again, they could have done that in NXT. I know it's long term storytelling, but again, yeah. If that was going to be the outcome, I would I would have just said like, I mean, well, tell us that then. How are any any of (laughs) us as the audience going to know that at some point Maurice may have been nasty to Indy Hartwell, like? You know, you have to you have to give us a bit incentive of yeah. incentive. Yeah. You know, like you could have even just like had like the Miz for a, a number of weeks just receiving anonymous like uh, letters. You know, like the type where it's like a hostage letter where they cut yeah, out yeah, yeah, bits yeah. of magazine. He could have been receiving like letters like that. 
you know, for weeks and being like, who the hell is this? And what do they want? Blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden Dexter Loomis comes into it. There will be your motivation straight away and being like, okay, well, he's got issues with him. He's been sending him messages. Do you see what I mean? Like, make yeah. it make sense. I know right what now, you did. Do you know what I mean? Or, you know, like you said, especially like, yeah. I know what you did. You know, it's going to catch up with you at some yeah, point. Yeah. That kind of... Exactly. You could have literally just, you know, did a, I know what you did last summer sort of thing. Like, you literally could have done that with, with, with get, introducing Dexter Loomis into the main roster sort of way. Um, they started it off quite strong with, you know, just having this random person in a hoodie uh, jumping over the barricade and then everyone re- mm. realising it's Dexter Loomis. Like, that would have been so much more impactful if The Miz had been receiving, like, all of these letters beforehand, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, I'm not saying that this isn't going to turn into something good, but I, I think that the main reason why there's not much or major hype behind it is because we don't get why Dexter Loomis has chosen the Miz of all people to stalk. Yeah. So it, it, we're not investing in it because we're like, well, none of us care, care well, this, much about it. <laughs> this you know? is the thing. <laughs> with, Dexter, with Dexter and Miz, we don't know what the issue is. But in the main event between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins, oh boy, do we know that these two don't like each other and the reasons why. You talk about a personal fight uh, in the fight, Pete, with Daniel Cormier, the official uh, main event for the evening. And weird, I was trying to think as well this year. I think every pay-per-view that Roman Reigns hasn't main evented, that only might be two, Seth Rollins has. Because he main event the head in the cell with Cody and now this one with Matt Riddle. So it shows where Seth Rollins is kind of looked upon on the WWE roster, you know. And also the uh, setup for the cage is interesting. If you've never seen it, mm. the ring ropes are removed and there's an extra level to the structure. The competitors can stand on several feet above the normal ring. Gina, what do you think of the fight pit? I didn't realise I was still talking on mute. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, I can understand why it was the final match, uh, the the last match, because obviously it was a huge cage down on there. It was a good match. It definitely um, picked picked it back up after feeling a bit drowned out from like um, the Drew match and things. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I definitely think that they both looked really great. Like it did wonders for both Seth and Matt. So I was really pleased with it. What about the structure in itself? I mean, it, it was just a cage, wasn't it, really? Or did you think, well, that The structure was just a cage, but I liked, <laughs> I liked the fact that it had that platform on the top because, obviously, it gave us a bit of a, a variety rather than the same old stuff that we get in cage matches. So I think it made it a lot more different. Um, but, yeah, I just... I, I don't know. Like I don't know what I was expecting for the outcome. I think I was expecting some outside interference. But when it didn't happen, I was like, oh... <laughs> well, this is, the... and another thing that surprised me as well. We'll get into the match. Is is Rollins with his is like I said, he's been on point with his entrance and tires, and coming out in RVD cosplay is just one of those things. I thought that's excellent. Like fair play, Seth. Again, never would have connected the two, but of course, if Seth is watching wrestling as a young kid, who was the guy doing moves like him? It, it well, you know, is RVD. So I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, like, do you know course. what? I didn't even notice that until you've just said. Oh, gosh. How did I miss that? Well, like we said, it was the most physical count these two have 
had a while cage lent to that. It was not the entire reason, like we said. Uh, both men earned the spot in the main event with this performance. The biggest spot saw Riddle hit sent on from the first level of cage on the way to the mat. He locked in a submission after struggling to recover from the landing. Rollins eventually gave up to the original bro. What is arguably the biggest win of Matt Riddle's career. Uh, so, Jackson, what do you think of the match? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly go back to your original question that you asked Gina first because you never actually asked me about what I thought about the cage, um, and I'm actually gonna go a little bit um, nerd gamer on you. So I really loved the cage, right? And specifically because I've recently been playing Assassin's Creed Hala, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and if anyone's a fan of Assassin's Creed, um, they would know that there is a new game coming out called Mirage and it stars a uh, new character, well, I say new character, new character for maybe new gamers uh, named Basim. Now, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I just had a major boss fight with the main character that's coming in the new Assassin's Creed game. And no, not even kidding you, the structure that I was in and had to fight him in was legit the same structure as the fight pit. However, because they're assassins, and obviously this is all CGI, um, the, he made uh, the enemy made much more use of the of the top area. Now I only just have done that, but so I only am able to cotton onto it since watching this uh, the Seth and Matt match. So watching the Seth and Matt match, I thought they made they had made actual good use of the top. Uh, part of the ring and then going to this sort of fight that's like a CGI fight where you see this guy doing completely ridiculous moves of how he got up there in the first place it just goes to show like you know not a normal person would have been able to have like done half of the shit that a gamer character is doing so I'm even more impressed at how much they both of them did on the top part of the ring it was it was a very good uh match in terms of the way that they used the ring not just the mat itself but they were using the actual uh, apparatus itself um i thought the match itself was like kind of exciting really i i i obviously had voted but i really didn't know how this was going to end um i thought there could have been interference from uh uh daniel the referee uh, but then um, he was kind of neutral. So that was a little bit of a shock to me because I thought there might have been a bit of, in, you know, uh, interference from him. But yeah, still still a good match. There was no point to him. I mean, Gina, what was the point of Cormier even being there? Apart from going, bloody hell, he's put on some weight since he retired. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, A, that shocked me, first of all, because I... We didn't see that when he was announcing that he was going to be the rep because he was sat down and it was out of shot. So that was a bit shocking for starters because I was going off of um, Jaxie's assumption that he was going to get involved himself, possibly. So, yeah, when when there was no involvement whatsoever, I was like, OK, well, what was the fucking point then, you know? Um, but... But with with regards to, like, the rest of it, like I said earlier, I'm quite shocked that there was no outside interference. This was the one match out of all the matches on the card that I expected probably something to happen, and it didn't. So, um, yeah, I am a little bit disappointed that the, the ref did fuck all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's the whole point. It just stood there. But, I mean, the feud itself has worked, uh, not only because I think Rollins' touches turns to gold this year, but 
you can tell both men don't like each other. And much I'm not comparing this to Brett and Sean, as in the fact that those guys didn't like each other and they produced magic in ring, the same as kind of these two. But I just felt there's no finality to it. I thought like a submission win like that was just, yes, you, you've caught Seth, but if it's an ending to a feud, like end it, you know, rather than just beat him, that's enough. Um, because always, yeah. you know, I always worry as well. It's like, oh, we want a piece now. Let's have the rubber match day one, and then you extend to the feud you don't need for a couple of months. But then again, hopefully, like I said, it wasn't a bad match. Like Jackson, what would you score that out of five? I mean, I still gave it a four. I thought it was really entertaining. Really, um, kind of proved why it was the main event as well. So I think both men worked really hard in that match as well. Uh, so it's not really there's no really complaint from the wrestling that happened in that match. It was more just kind of a a lack of uh, excitement or extreme, mm. if you will. So yeah, I'll still give it a four though because the wrestling was decent. Yeah, for like I said, for an extreme rules main event, it was in a cage. You know, I don't know how extreme it was, but uh, pretty thing. Yeah, Gina, what would you score out of five? Yeah, I gave it a four and a quarter. I thought it was a good match. I was a little bit disappointed that the ref didn't get involved. They they should have just bloody called Earl Hebner in and just done a nice shout out to an old school ref coming back or something like that. So um, I gave it four and a quarter for that. Yeah, no, I gave it four and a quarter as well. Uh, Poll-wise, Seth, 53% of the votes. Predictions, we all went riddle, apart from this dickhead. Uh, So it means the final scores. I finish on two points. That is just... I should should get a point taken off for that. That is... (laughs) You can say it, I know. It is dog shit. Uh, That is... You try and take a couple of chances, and it doesn't pay off. Uh, Monty with three, but your winners, Jaxi and Gina, on five. Uh, so, Wait. well done. Well done, Jaxi, and well done, Gina. Um, this... Wow! Thank you. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, Gina, you're not as used to this. as Jaxi's like, yeah, I won. Move on to the next event. Another, oh, Gina. Another... Yeah, she's like, this ain't new. <laughs> But Gina, another win. Quietly going about your business here. You know, whilst others talk, you do. Exactly. Excellent. Well, like we said, this changes everything. WWE Pay-Per-View League, I stay on four points. Gina moves to five. And Jaxi moves level with Monty in the lead. Six points apiece. Two pay-per-views to come. Who will win? It is neck and neck uh, with Monty and Jaxi. But then again, (laughs) stranger things have happened. If everybody gets their predict wrong and I win the next two, I could end up in the lead. You just never no, all to play for on a call Survivor Series is the next WWE event. And then, uh, guys, we spoke about NXT. And one of Triple H's uh, best tricks it was the takeover coming to an end and showing the closing logo in the bottom corner only for something to happen. And as we wondered if anything would, uh, Carl act like he was signing off. The lights suddenly go out. And then... 
He's got the whole world in his hand. Song starts. Now, I've got to admit, at this point, um, watching it as I was because I didn't want anything ruined for me, as soon as I heard that song, I lost my shit. Right? Then the crowd lights up with fireflies, going even crazier at this point. And then the camera pans the crowd, and the spotlight shines on a life-size version of Huskers. And then we see life-size version of Mercy the Buzzard, Abby the Witch. And then we hear the got the whole world in his hands as we see Rambling Rabbit, who looked fucked up, I will say. And then Sister Abigail. And then finally the Fiend standing at the barrier. Now, even the most die-hard fan would see the Fiend and go, it's Bray Wyatt. I mean, at this point, I think everybody knew. But at that point where Baron Corbin's music hits instead of uh, Bray Wyatt. But we then see the song slow down. And the camera shows what looks like a rundown version of the Firefly Funhouse. And a bizarre face is shown on a scrambled TV. The mysterious face says something we can't really hear. Then the lights go black. A light shines on a doorway at the stage. As the fans start realising what's happening, the door is kicked open and a bright light shines through. And all of a sudden, the figure comes walking out with his lantern and the crowd erupts. He's wearing some sort of caricature mask, but the fans don't care, chanting, holy shit. As the man removes his mask, we finally see Brave Royer returned. That's outside of them, I can't say his name right. Ray White returning to WWE as he looks at the camera and then blows out the lantern as we see White's new logo. Extreme Rules there. And I nearly had a heart attack. I mean, I was crying as well. First up, Jaxi. This was just... We knew it was going to happen, but by God, it felt good. Yeah, it was just a masterpiece performance entrance. And you could tell that was all Bray Wyatt's idea. Um, I absolutely loved the fact that they basically like had all these different people dressed as the characters. Uh, the rabbit looked absolutely fucking terrifying. He could be in a fucking horror movie. And, right, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be running from that shit for sure so they did so well set in the piece i honestly thought like it was like the fiend had returned so then having that sort of little bit before then revealing like the firefly flun house and and break coming through the door it was very cleverly done and it made me start to wonder who are behind all the masks of the characters and i wondered whether or not we, we might see a faction um rise out of this because as we could as we saw coming out of the doorway was Bray Wyatt from the Wyatt family you know and the Wyatt family was a family the Wyatt family was a faction so um I'm definitely I was excited before you know in terms of like listening to rumors of his return but Oh my gosh, the the level of excitement of you know just possibilities on 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 what he he's going to do first and and whether or not he's coming in alone or whether or not he's going to be coming in as sort of like a family unit again. Um, I'm intrigued and excited, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. No, but like I said, a couple of excellent points there as well. We talk about Bray Wyatt coming out, and it's the Wyatt Six. So could we see a Wyatt Six as it is on Twitter with six people? Exactly. Rumors. 
But yeah, if the rumours are true about Bo Dallas coming back and maybe Alexa Bliss, we know, could be a part of Don't forget yeah. about Eric, Eric Redbeard from, from A-Dub. He's still around. Exactly. Dexter Loomis could be a great shout. Oh, and um, um, Ale- uh, not Alexa, sorry. Uh, Liv Morgan Liv is Bo Mor- Dallas's yep. girl, isn't it? Exactly. So couldn't she? And Cena, she like ended her match on a creepy grin. Mm. I mean, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they decide to like turn her. Or maybe even, like, the likes of, uh, like, getting Nikki Cross back um, could work as well. Um, Having her sort of join the faction as well. If we got Nikki Cross, not Nikki A-S-H. Nikki does need some help in getting something else. There's so many possibilities. Yeah, it was a great thing. But, Gina, do you think that... I, I, well, I'll ask what you think. The Bray Wyatt character coming back opposed to the Fiend character, do you think that's the right choice in the long term? Yes, I do. Just because I think there's only so much that you'll be able to do with the Fiend without turning um, the show back into more of a, you know, team, like a TV program. So I do think eventually they were going to have to bring sort of um, original Bray back. And I'm not mad at it because we all loved original Bray as well. Obviously the fiend is scary and he's a great character to also be involved in, but I'd also be happy with it being similar to like, you know, Finn Balor's beastly character. I can't remember what he calls it. The demon. No, the demon um, yeah. Where get the, yeah. Where like maybe Bray will get pushed to a point and then all of a sudden at his upcoming mm-hmm. next pay-per-view event, we just get the fiend again randomly. Yeah. So I think it would be nice to have that callback. But I'm not mad at him coming back as just Bray. No, but that's an excellent point. That's what I was going to say. You know, the Fiend character being used like that and say you push Bray too far, this guy's going to come. Or SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Fiend appearance is going to uh, sell the show, so to speak. So overall rating from Extreme Rules. Um, again, for me, it's another good show. I thought it was a bit weird because there was no kind of, apart from the opening, I don't think there was any like, match of the year candidates and I think WWE pay-per-view this year or premium live events have had kind of one of those uh, each time but again this had a return so good it needed to be on pay-per-view we talked about matches could have been on Raw and Smackdown but for me that shows you how big Bray is he needed a premium live event to kind of reintroduce himself return I'm not going to call it a re-debut that's stupid Um, but like I said to come back there I still thought it was a good show overall. Um, so I'm going to give that an eight and three quarters out of five, mainly because of the Bray return. Jackson, what are you going to score it out of ten? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'll give it the same as you, to be honest, because th- there was a, a lot of highlights that came out of it. Um, it was just, I-, I was hoping that it was going to be kind of like a, a, a slam dunk in terms of the quality of the matches and didn't realise I'd be disappointed by a couple of them. So, yeah. Yeah. Gina, what about you? I'm sorry, is this just rating Bray's return order? <laughs> <show it's laughs> no, if we were rating Bray's return, it'd be like an 11 <laughs> out of 10. Uh, overall on the pay-per-view, there's nothing else you wanted to say about Bray White, was there as well? I'm going to cut you off. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I think you guys all covered it, and I just I enjoyed it, the return just as much. And I agree with you, James, actually, in saying we couldn't have done a Bray Wyatt or the Fiend, uh, the Fiend's return on a on a normal show. It needed its own sort of introduction coming mm. back to us 
on a premium live event. So I was really happy with that. Um, there were a few matches that I feel didn't really need to be on the card, probably could have made other matches in their place. But overall, I did enjoy it. I like the fact that it wasn't that long of a show as well. It was still long, but it wasn't as long as like a six hour AEW show. So yeah. um, I, I, I'll give it like an eight. I'll be nice. I'll give it an eight. Yeah, no, that's it. And also, I could mention, I'm old enough to kind of remember Undertaker making his returns, you know, or re-watching them from the kind of 90s. And the Bray Wyatt return felt like Undertaker coming. I'm not saying the compared, but that's what it felt like. And you think with Bray, you've got a special character now, and Triple H knows. So that's the kind of the, the best thing, I think. So that's why Bray Wyatt's my MVP of the night. I know it's cheap, but I've got to say I've got to go there. Gina, what about you, MVP? Um, MVP, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just I'm gonna go shame us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was great and I think Seamus just smashed it for me. And Jaxie, what about you, MVP? Uh, my MVP is Bianca Belair. I think she just did an outstanding performance as always, but she just she's She's never given a bad match and it's just so impressive just seeing her in a ladder match like that. And I was impressed majorly with that double KOD. So I'm going to go with my girl as MVP. And the match of the night, we all, well, I think the Brutes would be fair to say is all our matches of the night there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Brutes is my, my match for sure. So that is it then for Extreme Rules. Like I said, yeah, really, really good show. And the thing that's nice about it, like I said, six matches and the return. I mean, it was, what, three hours, ten. But once you skip the shit in between, or if you're watching live, you can always do something. It is really, really well paced. Uh, finally, though, Raw notes. Uh, this was really interesting, what happened on Raw. During the Judgment Day promo, AJ Styles came out and said Balor was right all along. He had his back against the wall for too long and needs some friends. He and Bella hugged, but then AJ revealed he wasn't talking about them as his friends. Carl Anson and Doc Gallows made their way down and stood with Styles. That's right. The team we saw, what was it, two weekends ago, the Good Brothers, we saw probably their last kind of match in the UK yep. before they joined WWE. How fucking cool is that? I mean, I... I was like actually legit shocked, you know, uh, but in a, in an exciting way, because I was really upset to kind of see them leave the WWE in the first place, um, you know, kind of leaving uh, AJ Styles. Like they've always been a good faction together. They've got so much history together. It it really didn't feel like it made sense for them to have kind of split in the, in, in the first place, oh, apart from obviously giving the Good Brothers the chance to actually still be, uh, uh, to still work with promotions like New Japan. So that gave us the opportunity to see them live. But what was even better, and even I said this before, anything, anything else uh, was like, kind of confirmed by Michael Cole was like, I was pretty sure that uh, Carl Anderson was a champion in New Japan. And I was like, so what does this mean if they're back in WWE? Do they have more like an open contract? Like are WWE offering that now? Because that's exciting in terms of going forward, what this could mean in terms of other wrestlers from other promotions turning up in the future in WWE. So right now we've got so much excitement to look forward to. It, it's unreal. 
Well, first off, a note about their contracts is apparently WWE reached out to them before their impact contracts expired during the summer, and they have a handshake oh. agreement with New Japan. And if the rumours are true, Carl Anson is facing Hikileusu for the Never Open Weight uh, Championship, but they are going to work up until Wrestle Kingdom. And like I said, it sets a precedent oh, nice. for something that's never happened before, where talent yeah, are actually going to be allowed to work and will this open i mean gina can you do with another door open talk about new japan and wwe actually might have the kind of working agreement as well and i'm i'm not going to be mad at that that's for sure if they do <laughs> decide to do something like that it it definitely would excite me especially because again i've recently gotten into a lot more new japan stuff and I was happy with this return. I'm not going to lie. I completely had forgotten that they used to be a faction on WWE. So it's nice to get that back. But the, and the other thing as well is also, like... Also, like... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, imagine the likes of having Zack Sabre Jr. versus Pete Dunne. Ah, oh, no, no. Like you said... That would just be fucking insane. Just imagine Jay White coming out of fucking Rumble or Carter at number 29. Oh. Like, the reaction... Oh, <laughs> Don't tempt me. If I if I heard Okada's music just drop at Royal Rumble, I think I would legit lose my shit. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send Monty another video <laughs> video of just me losing my shit at Okada. But I'm glad I mentioned at the time, uh, because when we were there, we, we, you know, because like FTR and everything else was going on, I think I even said, it's nice to see the good brothers, you know, wrestle, because we've kind of, you know, mm. big tag team, so to speak, but we actually get to see them. And then they joined up mm. and I'm just like, do you know what? We we might be lucky. We're going to see how many people from that event <laughs> end up, you know. Yeah, to... can I then just turn up on WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so we can watch them like weekly, you know. Just a really, really nice surprise. And like I said, great reaction from the Good Brothers as well. And elsewhere, the last thing we're going to talk about was uh, Seth Rollins getting a shot at the US title against Lashley. Uh, but as Bobby was given a promo, he was interrupted by Brock Lesnar. He quickly scooped Lashley up and hit him with the F5. But the Almighty did not stay down. The Beast grabbed him for another F5 and put him in a Kimura lock. And enough damage had been done. And Bobby, being the face he was, let the match go ahead. And Rollins hit the stomp and become the new US champion. So, uh, Gina, with you, I talk about... First up, Brock Lesnar coming back. Looks like we're going to get Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. No, don't talk to me about this. Uh, do you know what? I really enjoyed Raw, but this part I was not happy about. I Don't get me wrong. I'm happy with Brock returning. And if you want to start a feud between Bobby and Brock, I'm happy for it. But I am pissed off to the max. You did not need to um, beat Bob, Bobby up before his match. So that just because Seth lost to... Um, Matt, the, the weekend before, they're like, okay, we need to give Seth a good, a big win, so let's make him beat Bobby Lashley. You're a little bitch, Seth, because you've literally had, whether you were injured or not, you've had a whole night to sleep on your injuries, and then literally Bobby just gets rinsed by Brock, and you still expect him to fight you, and then you just win. You're a little bitch, Seth. I'm, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have asked me about this. I'm actually pissed. So, Jaxie, Seth Rollins, New Year's champion's good, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm right. leaving the podcast. Bye. <laughs> um, I just don't understand 
what the motive was of Brock returning and then picking a fight with Bobby. Like, bruv, you got, like, taken out by Roman Reigns and the Usos. And the first thing you do when you return is go to Bobby. Just, I, I was just confused as to why he thought that now would be the best time to come out and just screw with Bobby. Obviously, this is to create a feud for them, and I'm all for that. But I was, it was just confusing. I, I think that they could have introduced this feud in a better way. Well, um, yeah, it's almost like Saudi, mean, Saudi Arabia said to WWE. Is Brock Lesnar wrestling yeah. at Crown Jewel? And they went, sure. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what I said. I know my sister is really upset about this. Like, you know, she's a huge fan of Bobby Lashley. Um, I do think that, like, you know, he could have really had a lengthy run with the US title and actually made something of it. So I, I too feel disappointed that he's lost it and lost it like this. Um, it kind of also makes Brock look a, a little bit like a bitch as well because it's like, you know... It, it, if, when he when he's champ, he wouldn't expect someone to do that and then get away with it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it, yeah, and because of his history with Bobby at being friends and stuff before, like all of this sort of new feud coming is just like it, it. It did make me just be like, but but why are you why are you beating him up, Brock? What did he do to you? Do you not remember what what Roman and the Usos did to you? Like. So, yeah, I just didn't really understand why this, like they chose to do start the feud this way. That being said, going forward, am I excited to see a feud between these two? Of course I am. Yeah. Why wouldn't I be? That would be gonna, it's going to be a great, great match at Saudi. Um, but, it, yeah, it literally has Saudi Arabia written all over it that they yeah. wanted these two in a match. So Triple H was like, fuck, all right, lose the belt. But at least we are going to get, like I said, we've got Logan Paul and Reigns, which is going to be dog shit. But at least, hopefully, with Bobby and Brock. Uh, I know. It's kind of like making it, making up for it a little yeah. bit. It's making, and, like, the crown jewel kind of feel a bit more watchable because of that. And and even if, like I said, I forgot, I said Survivor Series earlier in Next Prediction, but yeah, crown jewel is the next show. But... We at least we have got Survivor Series. We know War Games coming up, so hopefully that'll be a bloodline uh, in a matchup. And also, like I said on SmackDown, hope well because Raw really fucking pissed me off because it's like Bray Wyatt tonight, and they just showed the clip from Extreme Rules. Oh, now, don't. oh, don't, <laughs> don't like that actually upset me more than like you know like imagine what how angry my sister just was at what previously just happened and that was me at this segment because I was like you just showed us what we watched like less than twenty or more than twenty four hours ago like there was nothing new yeah it's really really annoyed me but apparently yeah. <laughs> he's exclusive to SmackDown. So we should at least hear from him uh, as, you know, I mean, it goes that, on. That's actually, I'm calling bullshit on that because a, a character like Bray Wyatt, like as big as he is, he should be across both. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But this is, you know, it's an interesting time. Then again, they've showed they don't care on Raw because they put Kevin Patrick as lead announcer. So it just shows you, you know, smack, smack down to show that they care about. But yeah. it'd be interesting to see... Daring move, that's all I'll say about it. We'll be interested to see what happens, but uh, as we go to Crown Jewel, which of course will be our next W show, but that is it for today. Unless anybody else has got anything else to say, Jaxie? Nope, um, that's it from me at this point. Uh, 
yeah, we'll we'll kind of catch up. I think anyway, uh, you know, previously before we get to Crown Jewel, so there'll probably be a lot more to talk about. But I really can't see at this moment in time what the female matches for Crown Jewel is going to be. So mm. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on Raw and SmackDown to see, you know, what what they're thinking for Crown Jewel for the women. Um, and and hopefully it will be a, a decent uh, pay per view coming up. I'm just yeah. not sold on Roman versus uh, Logan. That is the last I'll say. <laughs> no, the other thing that made me happy about this event, and I will say, and I don't know how you feel about this, Gina, but it's like I thought it wasn't as good as a clash. Like they didn't have that one match. You know, the Sheamus moment that we had there. You know, Clash was better. I know they had Bray coming back at Extreme Rules, but it wasn't, you know, like I said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that Clash was better. I did enjoy some aspects of Extreme Rules, but like I said, not every match hit the mark. So for me, uh, I, I, I would probably rate Clash a bit higher. But regardless, aside from the whole Bobby Lashley thing, I'm fine. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's <laughs> back, all right? You know, like I said, and... Um, we needed a little pick. We all had it on this show here. So that is it. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the Dubliner Podcast. I'm at the Dubliner JR. You can find the entire Dubliner team on the Twitter banner. Of course, Mind of Monty, go and follow him. Or uh, Jaxie, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me across both uh, Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina? You can find me on both at Purple Pain. Yeah, the Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram. across all Google platforms, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, the Podcast, we have all those clips and podcasts got the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. But this is exciting because the next episode on the WNR will be AW Prelude, Gina it's just you and me. Are you nervous? When are we doing this? <laughs> We're doing it next week. You better put it in your plans. Next week, prelude. Uh, what about what? <laughs> about AEW catching up with the latest dynamites and rampages. Okay, sorry. <laughs> There was something else specific that we were meant to be doing. I was like, I haven't prepared. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> See, guys, the people listening will be fine. Uh, Jack, Jackson, do you think it will be a success? I think it will. I, I have faith in both of you two. You'll do great. Well, anybody listening, do not panic because Jackson will be back. Uh, as we've got the Halloween special at the end of the month. And again, I'm going to drop another couple of bombshells because we've got Declaration of Power, which, of course, is Jay White um, versus Tamatonga for the championship and Jonah versus uh, we're going to review. But I'm asking both of you as well on the Halloween show, we're going to do predictions and we are going to watch and review Halloween Havoc for NXT. So, as long as you both remember. Um, what, what date is Halloween Havoc? That is the 22nd of October, and we will be reviewing it on a Halloween show, hopefully the 29th. 
<laughs> I can hear. Yeah, I can, I, no, I can't. I can't. It's I won't Comic-Con be able to. Weekend, but, yeah, it's Comic Con weekend that weekend, so we we won't be available. I'm sorry. <laughs> we move. We'll move it. We'll have to maybe do it. Either. Well, let's not ruin the illusion of people listening. But again, the Halloween <laughs> show. <laughs> Uh, on Halloween, there's no doubt about that, and it will be just Gina next time round. But until then, uh, I've been Jay's Rose, I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Jaxie, again, bang on the money tonight. I know, definitely. Let's hope I can keep this winning streak up. <laughs> Let's hope not. We don't, <laughs> but then again, we'll see what happens. And the genius, which is Gina, again, another point in the bag. Yeah, super happy with that. I wasn't expecting it, but um, I'd say my my sister was more of the genius with this one because she's the one who called the the Beth Phoenix oh, I Quit yeah. match. But aside from that, I'll still take all of the intelligence. Yeah, well, I don't want to create an argument, but you both got the same points. So, you know, it's it's the same at the end of the day. You <laughs> 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 could argue either way, but yeah, that yeah. is it. <laughs> We all know that I only got two, which is probably my worst result in the eight extreme rules that we have reviewed here. But thanks for listening to every one of them. And bye. (laughs) 